It is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, tempered, self-control, respectable, hospitable, skillful in teaching, not overindulging in wine, not a bully, but gentle, not contentious, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And that is Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from this great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and next to me, the president, Steve Den Hartog. What's up, everybody? Welcome <laughs> back on this beautiful, rainy, wet day in Texas. Yes, welcome back. Welcome back. Woo. Yeah, for all you guys know, the welcome back, Cotter. Back welcome in the back, city. Cotter. You yeah. got to be um, holding. So, yeah, uh, we're good, good to be back again this week uh, after being off for a, a little bit. But like we said uh, last week on uh, 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 episode, uh, last week episode, excuse me, uh, that we were just doing a lot of work in, in other parts of the ministry, uh, especially Absolutely. with uh, Bridge Radio uh, Espanol, Espanol yeah. uh, with Dr. Uh, Rafael and Eduardo Mantorano. And uh, hopefully we maybe have other contributors in the future yes. uh, that we've been talking to. Hopefully that'll uh, be come. praying about that for us. Yes, please. Uh, and just the exciting things that are just uh, happening here, like always. And we always want to give you thanks for everything that you guys are doing for Bridge Ministry. We're only here because of you. We're here because God also has allowed us to be here, mm. you know, to do this. Him first, obviously. Um, but uh, to him, for him, all the glory for what he's done yeah. here at Bridge the last 10 years. Uh, and, and moving forward with the building here in the future that we keep talking about because so it's super, exciting. Yeah. so so exciting and so important because we're going to be doing a lot once we get into a bit bigger facility. You bet. And, and for our listeners, you guys don't know what uh, Steve and Leanne have been working here the last 10 years in this little small facility. And, and again, the Lord has been so merciful and gracious to them. Absolutely. And, and bringing people. I mean, I'm just thinking all the people that, that, that the Lord has brought to the ministry uh, beginning yeah. uh, with Julio and now uh, Joey and Cielo and Dr. Raphael, yep. uh, myself. I mean, and, and it's all his work, you know. We don't get any of the glory he does. And it's just, it's just so encouraging and so exciting to see how each person fits together, you know. The and gifts. Exactly. Each one using his or her gifts for for the glory of God and and just to you know help this ministry to move forward and uh, so we just we just praise him for that for bringing this team together yeah. for the opportunity to be here to do the good work he's given us to do and we're excited about the future. Yeah, that's super excited. Uh, and please uh, don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And please visit our website at bridgemenlaredo.org. Uh, this week's guest is going to be, uh, we're actually going to be hopping the pond. We uh, are. Again, yes. uh, this uh, today. Uh, we are going to be interviewing uh, Christopher Ash. And we're going to be talking about two articles that he wrote for the Gospel Coalition a couple years ago. And we're going to be talking, one, uh, when church leaders is found guilty uh, of abuse 
And the second one is going to be how to respond when the church leaders fall. Mm. Uh, I think that this uh, conversation and this topic uh, couldn't come at a more important time with things that just been going on in, in the Christian community with uh, leaders falling. Yes. Um, and, and and I think that we the conversation around this is going to be, well, how do we respond to this? Because there's a lot of emotions that absolutely get involved with this. Yeah. And we don't want to be salacious about it we're not yes. we're not doing this in order to you know dig up uh, somebody's dirty laundry but we just want to talk about it yeah. and think about how we as christians should we respond in situations like this and move forward and 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 guys if you have been hurt by uh church leaders in the past uh this is please just listen because there was a lot of things just reading through this article that you know we already know but we exactly. forget yeah. you know and, and and our response as Christians of what we need to be doing and putting our faith and who we should be putting our faith Amen. in. Amen. So. Yes. Yes. All right, Steve. Well, why don't we get this podcast started? Let's do it. Let's do it. Christopher Ash is a full-time preacher and teacher and writer. After working in telecommunication industry and as a teacher of math, Christopher studied uh, theology at Oxford, where he was awarded the Denier and Johnson Prize. He was ordained and served as an assistant minister in St. Andrews, the Great in Cambridge, before leading a church plant to All Saints, uh, Little Shelford in 1996. Welcome Christopher Ash to Bridge Radio for the first time. Thank you for having an Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we had we've had several actually. Uh, we uh, have, yeah, yeah, and uh, we're really we're really excited to have you on. Uh, Steve and I were really excited to have you on, uh, and um, we're we're excited to talk about the topic that we are be talking uh, about fish and chips, right? Yeah. <laughs> or is that a different podcast? <laughs> I think that's a different podcast. Okay. So, um, so uh, uh, Christopher, uh, for our audience, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how God drew you to saving faith? God drew me to saving faith when I was seventeen. Oh wow. I've been brought up in a, a background where Christian faith was assumed, mm. but I wasn't a real believer until when I was 17, I understood the cross. I understood the claim of Jesus that I needed to bow to him, receive him as savior and Lord. And that's how I started very quietly when I was 17. That was a long time ago. So uh, since then, as you say, I've been a teacher of um, mathematics, I have been in Christian ministry for a number of years. I'm married to Carolyn, mm. who's very lovely, and I thank God for mm. her. Yeah. We've been interested with three sons and a daughter, and we have seven grandchildren. Wow. And God willing, we'll have an eighth in May. Amen. And we now live in Cambridge in England, um, and I work at Tyndale House, which is a biblical studies and evangelical Biblical Studies Research uh, Library. Wow, that's great. Well, we really appreciate you coming on again, uh, Christopher. We, with all that's been in the news recently with regards to um, some pretty high-profile Christian leaders and the the sexual sins that a lot of them have fallen into, and that uh, most recently, I guess, Ravi Zacharias, and we just wanted to have somebody on today to kind of talk a, a little bit about how we as Christians deal 
with situations like this, not to deal with it in a in any sort of a salacious way and not talk about any specifics. You know, people can look that up uh, other places. But how do we as Christians move forward when somebody that we have really looked up to as a Christian leader fails? And I know you've got a couple of articles that have been published on uh, the Gospel Coalition. And so that's how we found you initially. And yeah. so we just thought it'd be great to get you on and talk about that topic a little bit. It's so sad. It's so dark. It's so miserable. I hate talking about it. Mm -hmm. Those who think they stand need to take heed lest we fall. Yeah. yeah. What frightens me about any of these things is I think I could have done that mm. amen yeah so uh it's all there in my heart yeah and i really appreciate uh your articles and uh in in the first article how to respond when church leaders fall uh you you begin with uh the first heading with number one it says be sad and angry um can you just uh uh touch a little bit uh about that section here in your article that you're talking about being sad and angry when reflecting on it, just thinking it's really important to learn to lament. When Daniel prays in Daniel 9 or Nehemiah in Nehemiah 9, they include themselves in the, in the judgment and the sadness and the darkness. And sin is dark and brought death into the world and the shadow of death. And it's important to to burn with indignation, as Paul does in, in 2 Corinthians 11, when someone falls, to grieve for sin and not to rush too quickly into thinking, um, what, 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 what do we do next? But to take time to, to weep mm. and to feel the sadness and the darkness and, and the indignation. The reason the Son of God appeared, 1 John 3, was to destroy the works of the devil. Yeah. To be glad of that, but just to feel that there is this great battle going on in the world, in the church, in our own hearts. So that's really why I put that uh, up front. Amen. Yeah. And then maybe even to take that opportunity to examine our, our own hearts as we are lamenting what has happened and to to see if there's anything in our own lives that uh, we need to repent of as well. Yeah, I think as, uh, you know, uh, um, Steve and I were talking a couple of weeks ago as, as, as we see these uh, church leaders fall, uh, and, I, and, and I know that you addressed this uh, in, in, in your article, we, we can kind of talk about it, um, is that it's scary to think that we, yeah. us, can fall into that same uh, uh, a danger, right? Um, and, and you address that uh, in the article uh, when church leader is found guilty of abuse. Uh, in the first section, you say uh, we must guard our own hearts, and, uh, and and you go on to say, and yet the moment that we do this, we are great. We are in great danger and must guard our own selves. Uh, and then you start in a bullet point against self righteousness and against an unhealthy interest. But one thing that I really found interesting in your article that you say uh, um, 
that we need to be careful that we fall into a Pharisaic smug complacency, thanking God that we are not guilty of serious sin. We must not do this. Um, and, and I thought that was very important, if you want to touch on that. Oh, I think so. Uh, the moment we begin to think better of ourselves, mm. because we compare ourselves with a leader who's fallen, we're in terrible danger. Mm. And those dangers of the, the Pharisaism, thinking I'm so grateful to God. So I, I wrap it up in pious language. So grateful to God that I haven't done this and I'm better than um, that church leader. And the unhealthy interest, especially if there's a sexual dimension, prurience, mm. that it's almost like a sort of respectable form of pornography. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm just too interested yeah. in it. And that that's a, a danger. Or I've noticed another thing is if sometimes it's a bit like the Edomites cheering when Jerusalem fell mm -hmm. in the fire, that, that sometimes if, if, if the person who falls belongs to some different part of the church from me, I may begin to think, oh, well, it's quite good that they've fallen. Um, and of course, if one who's comes from my part of the church falls, other people may cheer against us. And in either of case it's an unhealthy thing we should we should be sad about this and humbled in our ourselves i think it's a it's a tremendously dangerous thing talking about this i've been mm. uh, i suppose i've done radio interviews about this and that but i'm nervous about this mm. one because mm. of the spiritual danger mm. yeah. talking about this. yeah we are so sub susceptible to that ourselves and uh, I think you, you bring up a really good point there with regards to kind of that subtle um, sort of uh, maybe happiness or, uh, you know, uh, uh, glee that may come from somebody seeing somebody else fall, you know, and at least being able to declare ourselves a little bit better than them. At least we're not at least we're not that bad. Right. Um, but yet we are all we all should be working for the same master you know we're we're in that the same kingdom and it should just uh really convict us and make us sad when anybody when anybody falls whether or not you know we see things 100% the same if we're working for that same master if we're under the banner of Christ then it should really grieve us when when anybody falls and uh so it's just it's that's a good reminder for each of us to be humble in that way as well. And I really like how you bring up uh, Philippians four eight in one of your articles, which says Paul entreats people in his church to he says uh, finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And again, that's just a reminder for us not to be happy when other people fail and also to make sure, as you said, that we're guarding our own hearts and not thinking about those things in a way that would cause us 
you know, to uh, be tempted to fail as well. That's right. I, I, I find I, I've, um, uh, I am connected with a church where, where there's been a terrible sadness of a leader falling um, in the relatively recent past. And so I found myself reading various books about um, spiritual abuse or whatever you call it, but about church leaders behaving um, wrongly. And it lowers the spirits, and yeah. I need a good dose of what is, what is true and pure and honourable. Amen. Almost a kind of antidote to it, uh, because it, it doesn't put a spring in your step. Mm. It, it, it saddens us, and it, it should do. But we need to think about things that are full of faith and honour and beauty and goodness. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah, and 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 if maybe we can uh, just touch on one part of uh, of the article when leaders fall, you in point three you talk about watch and pray. Um, can you just elaborate a little bit more why that is so important of watching and praying as you were just uh, you know talking about that you you you're reading books and on the subject and and it's a very difficult subject uh, to talk about. Yes, um, but why is it important for us to watch and pray? I think to guard our own hearts and we need to help one another. I mean, the Lord Jesus uh, did for us in the Garden of Gethsemane and then on the cross what we could never do for ourselves. And the three disciples in Gethsemane who slept are no different from us. In mm. fact, they're probably better than us. Um, and we need to encourage one another to watch over one another and uh, to, to be accountable to one another, yeah. to, have, to have Christian um, brothers with whom we confess our sins and, and who know where we are and can ask us the difficult questions so that we keep watch over our lives mm. and others. Yeah. We invite others. Uh, I meet each week with a couple of other men and we pray together and we're accountable to one another and we have permission to ask difficult questions mm. and it's a healthy thing mm. so i think watching and praying is something we do together guarding and, and knowing that good friend of mine uh, rico tice who mm. runs christianity explored he often asks in his prayer letters for to pray when it uh, when he's at the end of a mission he knows that after he's been involved in some tiring ministry, that's a time of vulnerability. Yeah, wow. So he says to his prayer partners, please pray, especially. I mean, I really like in your article, and I don't want to give too much because I hope that people will go back and uh, read your articles that you've written. But, it, but you say, um, brothers and sisters who will watch over me, warn me, encourage me, help me to be on guard against sinful deceitfulness, when a brother and sister falls in some terrible way, it should stir us to redouble our care for one another, an accountability group, or just the healthy watchfulness that ought to be characterized in church life. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, wow. And I was telling Steve, I was like, we know these things, but are we reminding ourselves these truths on a daily basis? Um, just because you even mentioned about the devil roaring around like a, uh, the devil run around like a roaring lion 
ready to yeah. devour us. And I think we, we should pray particularly for others, mm. especially if they're successful, because the more, I mean, successful in outward ways, because that can be flattering and people begin to tell them how good they are and they're the hope for the future and nonsense like that. <laughs> and when people say those sorts of things to them, they begin to believe it. it's hard not to. Mm. And we should pray for those who have a high profile. Mm. It's, it's a wonderful thing when a Christian leader with a high profile remains faithful to the end. Amen. But it's dangerous. And we live in an age of internet celebrity. Mm. How many, how many hits you've had, how many likes you've had, all that kind of, you yeah. know, the praise of people. Uh, the internet just gives uh, wings to that. And it's just mm. terribly dangerous. Yeah. Uh, so we need to pray for those with a, with a high profile. Uh, we, we all have our sort of favorite high profile Christian leaders. And I'm sure uh, your listeners have people they benefit from they're grateful for them yeah. and uh, i'd love to encourage any listener pray for the you know when you you download something or you stream something you listen to something pray for the person who's done it pray that god will keep them um pure and faithful yeah and i really like that you bring up uh the point of accountability as well and how important that is you know that you're you're meeting with a couple of gentlemen on a regular basis and just being open with them. And I think we need that, especially as men. I know we need that so desperately. And it's so important for us to be able to be willing to be humble enough to submit ourselves to that and to allow that to happen. I think especially it's difficult for people that are in high profile ministry positions. And, uh, you know, Abe and I have talked about it frequently, you know, and how important it is for us to be accountable. Um, I want that accountability in my life. And so, you know, just being willing to humble ourselves to that point is, is just, you know, something I can't overstate. Um, it's just so important. How do you think the church has been doing with that, with accountability? Because um, I will tell you that it was not until I came down to Texas at uh, a church that really emphasized discipleship and accountability that that's when I really realized the importance of that. And something that I did not experience in my home church in Chicago um, at a time there with a different leadership. Um, uh, it looks different now uh, by the grace of God. But do you think that the church has kind of not emphasize that as much as discipleship and accountability? You don't know. When I was a young Christian, and this was a long time ago, there wasn't much talk about that kind of thing mm -hmm. on our radar. It is much more on the radar now, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, probably not everywhere, but I noticed that the generation below me are very, certainly in the, in the UK where I live, uh, in, in conservative churches, they are, they are much, much more likely mm. to be have some kind of accountability group or um, network. So I'm encouraged by that, but mm. I think we need to keep encouraging it. Absolutely. Good. So can 
can you talk a little bit, Christopher, about the how we move forward with regards to uh, the teaching that we so benefited from of a church leader who has fallen with regards to, you know, understanding that the truth that they proclaimed is still true. Despite what has happened to them, we can still believe what they said as long as it is true, as long as it corresponds to, you know, what the Bible teaches us. I just want to make sure that we've, we've got that proper, proper understanding of, of categories and being able to accept the truth that is there, that's taught, while still rejecting, you know, the other stuff that uh, went along with their failing. That's a really important question pastorally, isn't it? Mm. I know the experience of talking to people that often the person who has fallen was hugely influential. Maybe they came to faith in Christ through his ministry or they grew in their faith through his ministry, or they came into ministry through his ministry. And it's a really, really big deal. uh, It's like an earthquake. It's like the ground is shaken under their feet. And I suppose we need to keep saying on the negative side, uh, put not your trust in princes, Psalm 146, Mm -hmm. because even... Even the best of leaders, uh, even if they have integrity and and so on, they're going to die. That's the logic of Psalm 4-6. Even the best of them are going to die. So you can't put your your faith in them. They're bound to let you down somehow. And, of course, in in what we're talking about, they let you down much sooner. So, And the trouble is that the more impressive somebody is, the better they can speak, the more gifted they are, the more that prince. John Newton, you know, the hymn writer, the, yeah. the, the writer of Amazing Grace and lovely hymns, he, he said, gifts are a sword which will enable a man to do much in the battle, but they're no evident proof of which side he's going to fight yeah. on. Oh, yeah. wow. And they be very gifted and do a very great deal of harm much more harm than they would do if they're not gifted. So we mustn't put our trust in people. But the positive thing, and I think if listeners take one thing away from from this, this is the thing, is that every blessing comes from Christ. Amen. Paul rejoices in Philippians. There are some rubbish people who are preaching Christ for all the wrong reasons out of envy and rivalry in Philippians um, chapter 1. And and Paul says, I rejoice that Christ is preached, mm. uh, but all the blessing comes from Christ. And there's no shadow of darkness in Christ. Amen. You can probe Christ as carefully as you like, and you will not find a shadow of sin or impurity or selfishness or greed or in, in, in him. And all blessing comes from Christ. If I'm saved, I'm saved by Christ. If I'm blessed and grow in faith, it comes from Christ. And we just need to keep saying that. And for those of us who are in ministry, we need to keep saying to people, I'm preaching Christ. It's Christ in whom I want you to trust. I don't want you to trust because 
you know, I, I, I may be able to string an argument together or I may be persuasive or whatever it may be. I want you to trust in Christ. But it's such an important, such an important thing. And I think if listeners just take that away, uh, all Christian ministers are flawed and some, as we're talking about, are deeply flawed and fall terribly. But there's no, no failure and no flaw in Christ. He is, he is. So that's the key thing. And if I've come to faith and I've found forgiveness for my sins and the Holy Spirit has come to live in my heart, it's because of Christ. Mm. And, and nothing can change that. The, 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 the failure of a minister cannot change Christ. The object so of our... Really important. Yeah, the object of our faith is still the object of our faith despite what happens around us. so Yeah, that's why I, I don't put Steve in a pedestal, you know, even though he does a lot for the kingdom. <laughs> hey, the best of men are men at best, right? I don't know where that came from, yeah, but uh, it's it's very true. Um, uh, in, in, in one of the articles, uh, you one of the points you say, take comfort in the goodness and the sovereignty of God. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Um, God's sovereignty and his plan and his purpose, and even in the most fallen. Yeah, I'll try. It's very difficult because we don't want to imply that evil is mm. good. Mm. Yeah. God is in control. God is in control. Christ will build his church. God will weave everything together so that Christ is the head of the new heavens and the new earth at the end of time, Ephesians 1. Uh, but that doesn't mean evil is good. Uh, but it is comforting to know that God will do that. It, it's comforting even to a victim, somebody who has suffered horribly, mm. sort of a church minister. Uh, there is comfort to know that God hates that ugly thing that was done, whatever it was, and that God is sovereign and God will will weave everything together for good. It, it was a terrible thing when Joseph's brothers hated him. Yeah. They were going to sold him into slavery. And yet God, in some strange way, wove that hmm. into the good rescue of his people. It's a terrible thing when people falsely accused, tried, convicted, had Jesus crucified, and yet God wove that for wonderful good. So it is an encouragement to know that God is sovereign, uh, even though evil is evil. Yeah. And I think Joseph understood that very well, as we see, uh, as we read in the Bible, um, that what they meant for evil, God meant for good. And he was not angry at his brothers. I mean, he loved his brothers. And man, how comforting is that just to read that, that all the, the stuff that they were, uh, their brothers were doing with jealousy, you know, they, they, they wanted to kill him, but, you know, we, we see one of the brothers intervene and then they sold him to slavery. And then just God preparing Joseph for the work to save his family in the end, I think is super encouraging. It is, although it's probably also worth saying that Joseph was not angry with them years later. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I, at the time. And, and I think 
for a victim of abuse, it may be a long time before they come to, to, to terms with what's been done to them. So I would just want to put in that little pastoral. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for clearing that up. I, I, uh, I was not trying to imply that, oh, they're, they're happy about this because uh, I'm sure, you know, uh, Joseph, I mean, if, when we get an opportunity to talk to him in heaven and in this new earth, we, we can ask him, I was like, come on, Joseph, tell us, you know that you were upset and then I understand it, and I'm sure he would agree with that. But yes, there, there, is, there is time that needs to be, uh, I believe, you know, in that understanding of healing and understanding the gospel and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, too, to understand that justice will be done, yes. whatever that looks like, you know. Will not the maker of both heaven and earth do what is right? You know, so justice will prevail, um, and so I think that's an important a- aspect of this as well for those who have suffered uh, horribly at the hands of somebody. Um, it's not just going to be God. God is just; He's going to do whatever it is that. Uh, he sees as just in order to take care of whatever penalty is is necessary there. And thank God our sins are forgiven in Christ. And so we as Christians um, don't get the justice that we deserve. But yet we know that um, people who do horrible things will not just get off scot-free. We know that God is going to do whatever is right according to his will. Linking with that, as the Church of Christ, we want to care for those who've been harmed, Mm. whether it's sexual abuse or it may be a form of bullying, Mm. uh, whatever it is. We wanted to reach out and do all we can to care for them. They've found from one who bears the name of Christ, they've experienced something utterly contradictory to the goodness of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, we want to make sure that we do anything we can to try to to restore them and love them and care for them. And that's a that's a costly thing. Hmm. Yeah. Amen. Um in uh in the, the the end towards of one of your, your article found um, church leaders when they found guilty, you, you talk about a section of the mockers will mock. Um, and, and I, I wanted to bring this up just because, um, you know, somebody has been tr- hurt by a, a pastor. Um, you have the outside voices, right. Uh, who are just speaking ill of maybe the church of the body Um and how do we as Christians, as Christ followers, handle this when we see the mocking from the outside uh, towards the church, towards the people? Yes, I, I think we must expect it. That's what they did to the people of God at the time of the destruction of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They mocked gleefully against them. And people like Jeremiah, who were righteous, were caught up in that. Um, the real believers were caught up in that mockery. We should expect it. I think we shouldn't be defensive. We should be willing to put our hands up and, and, and say we, the Christian church, have failed in many ways. 
and even if God willing we haven't been complicit in some particular thing, we bear the name of Christ. And so we don't want to be defensive. We have no need to be defensive. And the gospel will be commended by honest openness and, where appropriate, apology. Um, so I think that's important. But it is humbling. And, and those who are hostile to Christ and his gospel will mock mm. when these things. Yeah, uh, I, I appreciate in that section uh, that um, uh, towards the end you say, and yet after all these things, we, we learn to lament together for the sad state of the church. We grieve for the victims and seek to love and care for them as best as we can. We grieve for the honor of, of Christ. And that was just yeah. re really good. Yes. It's probably also worth just talking about the leader who falls. Uh, because we, we can't just sort of lump them all in together. Yes. Some fall. It's not always abuse. Yeah. You know, some of the, there are plenty of ones which don't involve abuse, but where there's scandalous moral failure. And some repent we should pray for godly grief that leads to real repentance mm. and there is a time for gentleness galatians 6 restore him in a spirit of gentleness so that can be the time and and these moral failures are not the unforgivable sin and people may not be restored to ministry but they can be restored to fellowship mm. but on the other hand there are too many cases where somebody will not repent. Yeah. They may show contrition, they're sorry for the consequences, but they don't really turn from it. And there, I'm afraid, there has to be a, a harder rebuke. I mean, that's what Nathan said to David until David repented. Nathan was pretty sharp with, with King David. Um, and David did then repent, thank God. But um, until somebody does... I, Paul's pretty strong in 1 Timothy 5. He says, don't entertain an accusation against an elder, you know, unless you've checked the facts, check that it's true, because there are false accusations. But if it is true, then, uh, and they persist in the sin, rebuke them in the presence of all. So that public rebuke is necessary uh, so that so that the rest of us fear and we think, if if I fall scandalously and will not repent, I too must expect that. So it's just worth thinking about the, the one who's fallen. And they do they do, you know, vary enormously. And, and and some in God's kindness are restored to fellowship. Yeah. Christopher, in one of your articles you close out with stirring up a fresh zeal for the gospel you talk about how we can do that can you flesh that out a little bit how how might we go about doing that in our own lives ah oh, gladly isn't it wonderful that in the lord jesus life and light and immortality are brought to light that the lord jesus christ has died to pay the penalty for sinners and he has done for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And so that all who will trust in the Lord Jesus will receive him as Savior 
and Lord and bow before him and follow him uh, in life and death, may know the forgiveness of sins, receive the Holy Spirit, and have a sure and certain hope of everlasting life. Amen. And the gospel of the Lord Jesus is our only hope. Mm. And it's a wonderful, wonderful hope. So it's really important not to end by looking at failure. There's plenty of failure. We could spend our lives looking at failure. Mm. But to look at the gospel and remember that that is our only hope. If, if one of your listeners, if there's someone who hasn't yet received Christ, Christ is the one who brought life and immortality to light Amen. by his death, his resurrection. It's wonderful. There is no saviour like him. And for many listeners who have no doubt received Christ um, a long time ago, continue to rejoice in Christ. Mm. And we should do all we can to uh, tell others the good news of Christ. Amen. And that's the good news right there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Christopher. Uh, thank you for coming on, on Bridge Radio today and spending the time to talk about this difficult subject. Um, where can our listeners find you if you want to be found? I always say that, you know, maybe you don't want to be found, but um, where can they find you? The, the easiest way is to go to the website of Tyndale House in Cambridge. Uh, T-Y-N-D-A-L-E, Tyndale House in Cambridge. And if you go to the staff page, you'll find an entry for me as writer in residence. And my email is there. And a little bit about me um, is there. And a list of things I've published is there. That kind of thing. That's probably the best um, place to go. Perfect. Are you on any social media? No. Isn't that <laughs> And for good reason, right? For, yeah, there you go. So well, I'm not on any social media at all. So will <laughs> say to me when I publish a book, please publicize this on social media. And I say, Well, it's no good. I can't. <laughs> I used I used to be on Facebook and I've I've come off it. So I'm I'm a kind of cultural dinosaur. Yeah, and I think I think with everything that is out there, the garbage that is out there. I honestly think that is a great thing for yes, sure. Um, but uh, uh, for our listeners, uh, this uh, podcast will be up on our website mm -hmm. at bridgemanlaredo.org. Um, and then go please visit the website at Tinsale. And I, I mean, this is, this is, this is great. This and, has been a really great conversation, yes. a, a huge blessing for us. And yes. I hope, pray for many people out there yes. listening and we pray for you and i hope whenever you have time you can come back on bridge radio and we can discuss some other topics uh books that you may have written and that our listeners may be thoroughly blessed thank you very much it's been a joy talking to you thank you so much thank you have a good evening christopher have a good evening christopher god bless bye-bye bye-bye well, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes this week's episode with Christopher Ash on his uh, two articles, When a Church Leader is Found Guilty of Abuse and When Church Leader Fall. Uh, you can go on uh, the Gospel Coalition and find those articles. Um, and please visit his website, uh, which uh, he uh, uh, provided for us. And Steve, what did you think about this? Um, this conversation has been 
very timely timely yeah yeah. uh i know that he wrote these a couple years years ago but man with everything going on and we've been talking about Mm. this and it's unfortunate that we have to bring it up again but you know truth is still truth and uh the way that he he talked about you know dealing with these issues from a christian perspective um, we just need to keep in our minds and remember that you know whatever it is that the person taught who fell uh, is still true. You know, despite their failings personally, we can still believe what they taught if it aligns with the Word of God. And again, that's where our focus needs to be. Right, our object is always on Christ. Our focus is on Him. Can you give us some? Can you give some encouragement, Steve, to our listeners out there? that might've experienced abuse from a pastor or a lay leader at their church and are feeling like, man, you did this to me. I don't want anything to do with Christ. Absolutely. And that's a completely understandable, mm-hmm. you know, uh, reaction to, to that kind of, uh, abuse. And I would just encourage people to find someone to talk to, you mm-hmm. know, and to lay your, Lay your um, your concerns, your anger, your heart out before the Lord. Uh, he knows, you know, yeah. none of this took him by surprise. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, confess it to him. Talk to him about it and uh, let him know how angry you are about it. And then find somebody else to talk about, you know. Get a hold of us here or, you know, find uh, another church leader, a mature Christian. Who, uh, who can help you and disciple you through this. But, you know, don't be afraid to to uh, express your anger and, uh, you know, go before the Lord, spend some time with him in prayer and uh, reach out to people who can help you. And I, I would just encourage you to, to deal with it, you know. Don't let it simmer. That's the worst thing that you can do is just, just deal with it and uh, get the help that you need. Yeah, we don't, we don't, you don't, you don't want to stew in that bitterness. Absolutely uh, not. Uh, uh, of that, and, and like Steve said, reach out uh, here at the ministry. You know, we would be more than happy to talk to you, uh, respond in an email. Uh, again, we have a worldwide audience, and please reach out to us. I mean, we've had many conversations with people about uh, different topics. Uh, you know, and 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 this is something that it happens mm-hmm. will continue to happen and and this is why we only put our trust in christ Amen. right and not putting people on pedestals you yeah know? because especially shepherds you know absolutely these guys are supposed to be servants you know they're they're not i, I believe in, in talking to uh, brothers in christ about this the danger of putting uh, our pastors and and these superstars you know guys that we see out there quote unquote that are uh, uh, a celebrity uh, Christian, as uh, yep. Christopher Ash said, and um, yeah, I mean, I mean, these are they're, they're difficult, and I I know that when we hear these things, we hurt. Uh, yet those things were a awakening for me, just even hearing the things that happened with Robbie and you and I talking about that, like because there is danger, and and I don't want to be, I don't, you know. I'm no different than those people, right? We still have it in ourselves to do these things. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if we think that we couldn't fall in that way, we're deceiving ourselves, you know? And so again, we just need to hold 
each other accountable and be willing to accept that accountability. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And like we always end the show with the Heidelberg uh, Catechism, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.